0: Welcome along. It is the gardening programme here on Midwest Radio on this Saturday morning uh, for the autumn season. And uh, we're not joined in studio by Pora Harkin this morning. We're joined by Peter Harkin. Good morning.
1: Thank you very much, Deirdre.
0: You're very welcome. I know this is our first time uh, to do this. Um, I have never uh, had the pleasure of uh, working alongside you before, but you've come in with a huge amount of uh, plants and different bits and pieces. And we were just chatting off air before uh, we started. Like it's still incredible weather altogether.
1: Yeah, the, the weather is, I suppose it's ideal gardening weather at the moment. Uh, very good temperatures. Uh, I suppose the key thing too, a bit side temperatures, excellent at the moment, for planting and, and any gardening, really.
0: Okay, yeah, and that's I suppose that's the thing that we maybe we've been covering a little bit over the past couple of weeks because it has been so really unseasonal, but it's continuing and it doesn't look like it's changing. So again, like this today, lovely pleasant morning. I know it's maybe grey skies, we don't quite have the sunshine, but the temperatures are there. So what should, should people be doing now this morning?
1: Well, you know, as you mentioned about the temperatures, and they're they're, they're looking at these temperatures too right into next week, and really for any any gardening. It's, it's it's ideal weather. I suppose it's nearly like a second spring we're getting at the moment. Um, I suppose um, you were just talking earlier about the lawns yourself and people are probably wondering about what to do with lawns.
0: Yeah, because I mean we're still looking out and it's growing still at a reasonable rate maybe not quite as fast as it was you know, maybe a month or two ago but there's still a good bit of maintenance in lawns I think, is Absolutely,
1: there? yeah. <clears throat> you know, and you can see the colour in them and everything looks so green and so lush and I suppose. What can you say? The weather, if it just continues, you just keep you keep cutting and do what's normal, what you were doing earlier on the year.
0: Okay, yeah, because I suppose I was wondering myself, looking at it my own, and wondering did I have to continue at the same level of work? But should we should we start to tail off a little bit, even in terms of cutting, or just keep going for as long as the weather maintains like this? Well, the, I don't think so. The think growth think is still there. The growth is it?
1: still there, and you just you just do what you are doing. Um, a very good time of the year just to give it a a bit of a tonic or a little bit of feed, an autumn feed. And, of course, that is a very good prevention for for all the problems that incur in February or March with moss. And, of course, that's a big problem. But now is a a brilliant time to treat that and to put an application of a a good general autumn feed or, indeed, I suppose, an Osmo product is, is a very good product to put on this time of year as well. And that helps... Of course, it releases a little bit of fertilizer, mm-hmm. uh, and not to put on much growth. It ju- just p- puts more strength and p- puts more root structure. Okay, into and,
0: the lawn. and gives the color, gives the lawn that nice green
1: color as well. Absolutely, it, it co- puts a lovely little dark tinge on it when you when you apply it. And like, I suppose it'll give you an extra three or four weeks of good color, um, and that should be done now.
0: Okay. So avoid, because you know when it goes into, I suppose I'm thinking now into December time and January, where the lawn really becomes almost kind of yellow and things yeah. have died back, and it, you know, it, it's just looking sad. But yeah. if you do a little attention at this stage, we'll kind of build Both up that twiddly, and we'll maintain. You know,
1: you're nearly creeping. Out. You're getting an extra three or four weeks of colour out of it, and a, a, for, a very good time too to put on an application too for weeds. You know, if there is some strong weeds in it, a few buttercups or things like that, you will see them now is a good time to put on a uh, dyke of or something like that just to just to hit those as well.
0: And are we seeing that the weed growth is still as strong as it was say in the middle of the summer? I mean we had a huge summer of buttercups and things like that in lawns. Uh, is that still as prevalent?
1: Oh it is yeah you know you can see it in driveways or patio areas and all that uh, of course they are if grass is growing or shrubs are growing of course or the weeds are going to grow as well too and
0: okay so take take the opportunity again of the of the favorable conditions and try and get those applications on as quickly as possible, and it'll stand to people
1: absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, you've come in with a huge amount of stuff, I have to say, this morning. Um, if people are online and they want to have a look through the webcam, you'd be well advised because there's loads of colour and uh, all sorts of things. Um, talk to us about some of the, the plants well, that you've I brought ju- in.
1: I just brought in a few few uh, shrubs that are perfect for planting this time of year and give you colour for the winter and, of course, right up to Christmas. I suppose I always feel it just to have a touch and you can see them yourself. Mm. It just gives you... A, a good idea.
0: So we're starting with some shrub plants there, to your left.
1: They're basically just shrubs, uh, and these shrubs can be planted in containers or planted in the open ground. Uh, And starting off, probably one of the most popular ones, and a lot of listeners will know it, uh, King Gardeners will know it, one called Saracaca, Confusa, okay, and you can see the evergreen foliage on it—very lush green foliage—and that foliage stays on the plant all year round.
0: Okay, and are there? Does that come into flower at any point? If you look closely, there, all the
1: buds up along, and they are covered in white flowers. So in about six weeks, they'll open up into flower. So it's a beautiful winter flowering shrub.
0: Okay, so that's going to give you some good winter color there. Okay,
1: I suppose the main uh, the benefit of the Saracaca is probably. Probably one of the best fragrant flowering shrubs.
0: Okay, because we don't always associate many plants having fragrance, particularly in winter months.
1: Not winter months, no. You know, I suppose you have your lavenders and your good stuff all through the spring and the summer, but this is probably one of the best and will equal any flowering or, or fragrant plant. So, it's definitely one to look out for. I suppose an ideal place for it would be somewhere near a doorway or a, where you're going to benefit the centre, a back door, in a pot or even in a little border. Okay. But it's a very good plant.
0: And does it mind being in the shade or does uh, it, it... Funny what enough
1: could? that you say shade, it's excellent for shade. It will do well in light but even better in shade. Okay. You know, it has that tinge or, or look of a laurel or... That type of plant. Well, so
0: it has that deep green you know, and the, the, the great foliage on it. You don't.
1: know, and I suppose one thing, any of those uh, plants associated like that with the dark green foliage tend to do well in a shaded shaded area. So that is one for shade.
0: Okay, and in terms of soil and things like that?
1: N- not fussy, not fussy. Right. Just when you're a plant, just a general compost and a little bit of fertiliser and... Off you go.
0: And how, what about, I suppose, you know, in terms of maybe places where that might be a bit on the wet side because some, some soils can be quite heavy and find the people find it hard to grow. So it's always interesting to find plants that are good in those kind of situations. Yeah,
1: well, it, it would. And I suppose any of these shrubs will do well in, in wet soil as long as it's not holding water, right. it's not too much, it's not sitting in water. They're fine. They're fine. You know, and if you're worried about that, you know, you can always add in a little bit of sand or just to, to loosen up the soil a little bit. Uh, but I suppose the key thing is a little bit of compost. Um, there is a little product I just brought along yeah. called, called root grow. Okay. And if, if anyone ever is having difficulty in planting certain shrubs, this is an ideal product. And it can be just mixed. You just sprinkle it onto the base of the hole. Right. And what this does is it just triggers all the mic- microorganisms I- in the soil. And, that, and, that and just it promotes the, the absolutely, growth growth, uh, literally
0: does what it says uh, on the packet. It,
1: it, it does, yeah, yeah, you know, and it's all on the packet, the instructions, and it's great for uh, trees or fruit. There is a couple of plants that uh, you shouldn't use it on, the likes of brassicas or maybe heathers or rhododendrons, but for everything else, it's a brilliant product. And if anyone is ha- having any difficulty in a particular plant, they should always apply a little bit of this.
0: Okay, and that might give the plant uh, just an, an, an added extra um, to, to be able to get into the ground and to, to, to establish
1: it. It just gives them that start, you know, okay. and particularly for the root system. And once you get the roots going, of course, the it's rest, like anything. The rest follows. The, the rest just follows.
0: Okay. So root grow is uh, the name of that. Okay, so that's our Sarakaka. And when the when the when the flowers come out, are, are we talking about big 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 no, flowers or they're, just they're small dain- delicate?
1: They're probably dainty little yeah. uh, you, you know, they're like a gypsophila. you know that the, the gypsophila yep. would be the the bridal wreath yes. which you'd see in flower arrangement. It's something like that. It's a very neat, delicate, you know. I don't know the word for pretty little tea. flower. Very pretty little flower. Okay, yeah.
0: and will it does, does it stay in flower for long then? Not a
1: whole lot. Probably about four to five weeks. Still so in it, the winter time, though, yeah, that can be quite a significant yeah, length of but time. But it's something you would always. You would always look out for it the following year once you get it and once you see it in flower, you'd be always waiting for it and you'd be always waiting for that particular week for it to come, okay? Because you will, the fragrance and it the, the scent very of very beautiful, is very well worth waiting and for. And
0: if people plant it now, say for example this weekend, uh, will they have flowers this year?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, so the, buns all are the there, buds are there, yeah. they're all going to come into flower, yeah. yeah, okay,
0: great. What else have we got there, Peter? Um. We've got something... Well, I just wanted yep. to
1: show this one. It's a new... A lot of listeners will be familiar with the uh, Fortunia red robin. Mm-hmm. A very popular shrub. This is a new variety of uh, Fortinia, and it's called a Volcano. Okay. Um, and and
0: it uh, must be a lot of red so involved if it's called the
1: a re- Volcano. The red. And, and uh, there's just more red in it. And uh, I suppose you have the little lacerated leaf on it as well. It just gives it that little bit of... Uh, uh, an, an extra identification on it. And
0: okay, so the, the, the more traditional Fotinia doesn't have that laceration ha- on ha-
1: the reed. It wouldn't have that, no. And you've just more red and more deep red colour in this as the plant gets a little bit older and probably has a more, a, b- a better shape to it. You right. Know, it just doesn't get...
0: Yeah, because red robins can go... Can go they very, can get very stringy bushy and, very and leggy, Yeah, you yeah. need to kind of really keep keep on top of them. Well,
1: yeah, that's true that you say that because you should be just trimming them maybe three or four times a year and even if you're only taking off a few inches yeah. just to keep them in, in touch and that. keeps Keeps a much better shape on the plant. Okay, it's something that the growers or the nurseries you'd always see if you look at any of these young plants where they have been cut in the centre, and that just promotes side breaks. You know, and that's very good practice that you should do that with with, with all shrubs really. To keep them, you know,
0: so that they're not just all growing up one big exactly, stem in the yeah, middle, yeah, but that they get yeah, to to branch you, out and just to branch out.
1: out. You have a chat. Yeah.
0: Okay, so that's fatilia, and again, that would be suitable to go into the ground at the moment.
1: Ideal for the ground, ideal for containers, perfect timing for planting it now. You know, and I suppose with the weather we're having at the moment, with the soil temperatures the way they are, and the way we- and the way the weather is, you'll have very good strong plants then for next spring coming into the season. Then
0: okay, because the extra bit of warmth is giving exactly. them an opportunity to yeah. get established. How, how how big is that going to grow?
1: They Fountainia, well, I suppose they will get to eight, eight to nine feet in height if you let them, and even a little bit more from mm-hmm. a sheltered area. Okay, but you can be your own boss with Fotinia. You can keep Fotinia to two feet or you can keep it to 12 feet. That's okay. that's entirely it's up to yourself.
0: It's up to you and the space but, that but you I have. But I suppose
1: that the point I'm making is don't be afraid to prune them and, and prune them hard because they, they will take a lot They'll of take it.
0: Okay, great. Now, I, I thought this might have been a laurel because I was looking at it over the top of a computer, but not quite. <laughs> no,
1: but you were you were very close with with the leaf foliage. It's very similar to a laurel. And I suppose that, you know, there's a few benefits of that, that it's a very tough, very hardy plant. So this is? This is a plant called Skimmia Obsession and it's, it's a new skimia um, listeners will be very familiar to skimia uh, it's a very good winter plant normally associated with red berries and white flowers for the spring okay and evergreen. we've got we've,
0: we've got we've got red berries on this one most you definitely
1: have, yeah have. and it takes a lot of boxes this plant because it's it's ideal for pots and containers ideal for for beds uh, great for shade uh, brilliant plant for shady area um,
0: and do those berries attract birds and wildlife? Then the wood, now? the wood okay. indeed,
1: the so wood. So that's a good thing too. And you know they are they're, they're lovely now when they come the in berries. So you would just if if you are and you want to mine them for yourself for a few weeks, a good idea maybe just at certain periods of the ages to put a bit of a net or maybe something okay, or just let the birds feed away if, which, if you're which, happy whichever
0: with. yeah I suppose uh, if people are trying to attract wildlife and birds into the garden um, and particularly maybe the smaller birds it might be yeah, a, a good plant for, for something like that yeah
1: yeah.
0: okay um and easy enough grown
1: easy easy grow easy um I suppose it, it's a plant that just likes to get settled in very quickly and okay. I suppose that's where the root grow on particular plants and some people would will have problems with skimmias. You know, they tend to be a bit of yellowing in the leaves, or but the the trick with the skimmy is to get it settled in very quickly, okay. and, and with root grow or good compost. You know, you can get ericaceous compost. What I mean by that is that there's no lime in it. It's a lime-free compost. Skimmies tend to like, they don't like too much lime or even the water in, you know, the normal rainwater can bother them a little bit. Right. So you just need to help them. And there is specific feeds for that.
0: That'll kind of balance out that in the soil. They call them
1: ericaceous feeds. You know, they're feeds that don't contain lime. And if you do that, you, you'll have no problems with them.
0: Okay, but if it's uh, it, yeah, so so take the time really for preparing the ground and the yeah. growing area yeah. as much as possible, yeah. and you'll you'll, yeah. you'll get the benefits from it.
1: No, I would say to get the berries for the following year, mm-hmm. then you need a partner for it. Okay, you know, and I, I, I suppose I brought, I brought, we got I brought him as well. Excellent. And and that's called rubella. So that's your rubella. And okay. The, these are. Uh, what happens with the rubella? These are flower buds. People think they're they're, they're berries, yes. but they're, they're tight buds and they remain like that till about March. And then they open up into a white flower and a very fragrant flower as well. So putting these two plants, you don't have to put them side by side, you can put but them maybe 10 or 12 feet apart and they will pollinate each other and then you'll get the berries on your obsession then for the following year.
0: Okay, so you and you'll, so one is really uh, benefiting the garden yeah. in the springtime and the other is benefiting the garden in the autumn exactly. time. Okay,
1: exactly. Okay, well that's that's a, yeah. that's a, that's a lovely it's balance it's it's altogether. A nice mix, yeah. So
0: really try and get the two together if you don't have if, if you don't have um well, particularly if you're putting in it, it, yeah,
1: only if you want wh- and obviously you do want to get the berries for the following season, you you need the rubella. You re- okay. You know, okay. and it is a question that we get asked a lot, you know, why haven't I got the berries the following year and you, you just need to, and I suppose, a point of purchase. You probably just need to think of that too as well when you are
0: okay, buying I, again.
1: Okay. Now saying that, if your neighbour has them or if there's a few around, Th-
0: that'll that That'll, that'll serve, too, right. Well. Okay, but ni- nice to have the two perhaps in the garden. Um, okay, so uh, what we've got another one there, I think, We're another skimmia as well, as most, have we? just
1: for, for the, um, this plant is, is planted a lot for pots again or indeed graves. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Which is a
0: question in fairness now we get quite a bit on is the it, programme, yeah, Peter. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Uh, suitable, you know, plants that are suitable
1: for, for graves. This is great for the graves. And it's a it's a great little plant, you know, coming up to Christmas. This plant stays like that till next March.
0: Okay, so uh, just to describe this is a, s- a skimmia, I think again. Skimia. Yeah, no, and I suppose uh, the
1: benefit about this one is it's self fertile, and what I mean by that it produces its own berries and flowers. Okay, so, so it doesn't need, it doesn't need the partner. It doesn't need the partner.
0: Okay. And really big berries on this one.
1: Very lush, yeah. And as I said it'll stay like that till March. So you have great colour. The birds for some reason don't tend to pick these berries either Okay, so you're you're, you're getting the full benefit of it excellent you know it's a great plant for around Christmas I suppose it gives you that little bit of Christmas feel about it well it it is red
0: and green although we don't like to mention Christmas too early no (laughs) but but it it stays like that yeah excellent and does it grow very high then I mean that seems to be a little smaller in the pot Uh, 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 that I'm looking at but is it the same height in terms of the
1: other one no 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 the other ones will get to about three feet four feet in height this particular plant to get to about eighteen inches and maybe a spread of about two feet, three feet. So okay. a lovely compact, right? Shape my, nice to and it. nice
0: and tidy. Yeah. And in terms of um cutting it back and things like that, then just you really just, just no, once a year, maybe or you've something. No
1: work to do with that at okay, all. You don't even have to prune it back. Self-maintaining.
0: Reverse, my reverse favorite ca- yeah. kind of yeah, plant. Yeah.
1: Um
0: We have some flowers as well. I think this morning, or at least some other color, shall we say, uh, for autumn and going into the winter. What have we? What have we got?
1: Well, uh, I just brought a few little bits just for if you're flipping over and you're changing your containers. So now, it's a hard thing to do at the moment because begonias and petunias and all of those plants are still looking quite well mm. if people are looking after them and feeding them. But I think there comes a point where you just say you got to get rid of them and, and change over. And now is a good time to do that. Oh,
0: because uh, otherwise really you might be left with nothing when, you might when be they, left they do die
1: off. Or you might just come to a point where it might be worth it. So mm-hmm. so it is a good time and there is some lovely plants just to change that, um, I suppose the one that comes to mind uh, you mentioned yourself, Jared, yes. is the little I, mini. Six I just I,
0: I passed by a couple of um, larger pots. Now it wasn't in a house, but it was more kind of around a business area during the week, um, and there were really beautifully planted two colour schemes going on, and just really lovely splash of autumn colour.
1: Yeah, 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 they're great for that, and, and this weather is perfect for them. As you know, the colder the weather, the hard frost does hit them and it just stuns them back. But once the weather picks up again, then they're off, they're again. off again.
0: And so far, so good this year. Oh, yeah, yeah. so
1: far. It's, it's
0: and that that's a really beautiful pink colour that you've is, brought in. Yeah, I mean, really yeah, delicate yeah. and vibrant.
1: So they come in three or four different colours, you know, reds or whites. And, and the tent, you're better off maybe picking them, picking one colour and doing a batch of that or planting three of that or five of that. Stick to one colour. The tent look better that way. So you have a nice rather display. Rather than just mixing them, mm. you know.
0: And in terms of the flower buds themselves, I mean, it, it would be. is it good idea to keep them pr- picked back and do they the, come on again? There's or? a good
1: bit of work in that, but I, I wouldn't bother. I just but. let the, the old flowers just die away because you can see if you went through the, the centre of the plant mm-hmm. all the buds come from the base, so they just keep keep coming up. Okay. You know, it's not a plant that you need to deadhead and you know, to have it looking really pretty you, okay you can do Get, that but I wouldn't bother doing that okay if, that, you, if
0: you don't have the time the don't worry about it exactly. in other words alright fair enough so that's the cyclamen we've a lovely looking heather there as well yeah yep.
1: that, that, funny enough that's uh, I suppose these are very popular in the last few years they're the sprayed heathers so they're sprayed with a dye okay. so that's a blue heather they come in red as well they're the two best colours uh, and they give a lovely little splash of colour in pots or containers they're the Kaluna varieties which uh, can be difficult to grow in, in the open ground. So I don't recommend these for the open ground. So that's a pot-only plant? Yeah, that's really a pot-only plant. And really, these should be nearly treated. You'll get two or three years out of them. But the problem you have is getting the dye then, because they tend to grow out of the dye. So really, they're a once-off with the dye. But they're a great splash of colour, you know, for maybe two euros or three euros, they give of you a great, the great, great splash of colour. And they're a little bit different as well and they're quirky and, of course, your neighbours will be coming in or, Wonder, what's that? what, what, wondering is, what that? is that, Do you that know? You know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Excellent. You know. So the sprayed heathers.
1: Sprayed heathers, yeah.
0: Okay, uh, we've got some winter pansies as well.
1: Winter pansies, yeah. Um, and again they're great and the weather is suiting those perfect they come in a array of different colours this is the winter collection so they'll stay like that up till about next March again they'll go with the weather if we get hard frost or hard weather the plants tend to droop and die back a mm-hmm. bit you know but once the weather picks up again they're away and right. hack again you know
0: excellent Okay. So, um, and in terms of because that's a real bedding plant now is oh it, it is a, yeah or yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. for pots and containers right. or for hanging baskets some people do up baskets the winter and they're ideal for that as well
0: Okay, um, okay. So that's the winter pansies, and they're out now. So get them in. Get
1: them in. Yeah, I brought these two little fellas. The, through, I mean, t- these I've, these I've left
0: these, p- best, nearly the best to last, because I'm intrigued with these. These yeah. look like absolutely fantastic. Tell, tell us about well, these. Well, they're,
1: they're actual, they're peppers. Right. They're capsicums. Not you know, uh, not, not edible ones. Not edible peppers. Right. Ornamental peppers. Uh, and again, once the hard frost, the real hard frost hits these, I'm afraid that's it. You know, you can bring them in and look after them for the the real winter months, and, and put them out again in early spring. But they're really just for a bit of color for the autumn. They're lovely, you know, for coming up to Halloween or to just give you that sense, that little color. They're like nearly, I suppose, a little miniature pumpkin or have those colors in them.
0: I I suppose I can see them maybe on kitchen windows and things like that. that, Just really to give even indoor color either for that matter. You
1: know, lovely on a mantelpiece inside or the kitchen. Or yeah, and
0: and not uh, would they grow? I mean, they're in fairly small pots, so do they grow to a big size? No, no,
1: no. They won't get much. uh, They won't get much bigger than that. They spread out a little bit bigger if you put them into a bigger pot. Yes indeed the will, you know, the maybe broad. spread to about twelve inches, fourteen inches, okay. and spread to about maybe fifteen. But they're lovely, you know, mixed with a little bit of ivy or mixed with a little bit winter pansy or a little heather. And maybe pick the colours like as suppose you know, it's it's like a bit of fashion. If you pick the blue and the yellow, they look very well and look at common colours. You know, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't hold it against me, um, yeah. but and are they difficult then? If I mean, I can see how they probably might survive better, obviously inside rather than outside over the winter. Are they difficult, or what kind of care would they require? Because they do look quite exotic and uh, not something maybe that we're all terribly familiar with.
1: Yeah, funny enough, uh, there's no care with them. I mean, we've these in for the last number of weeks. And they're, they're very simple to grow, and wise no. Saying this, this weather is ideal for them. Okay, but they're a real autumn plants good for autumn colour, maybe a little bit of feed, you know, one feed, something like that. But as I said, you'll have that colour and it, it needs to be hard frost, you know, before that'll it, hit these before, before it'll do them. any damage to them.
0: And and in terms of, they're obviously in, the peppers are out at the moment. How long do they last? Those the, the, actual the
1: peppers on those, they'll stay like that. Again, they'll stay like that when we get this first, you know, you know, they could stay on that for the next six weeks. Okay. You know.
0: And uh, uh, then will they continue on to next year? I mean, if they were supposedly, say, inside in a kitchen or um, in a pot, will they live throughout the Not years? Not really. No, so no, they're kind of a... They're a, just a once-off,
1: really, right. part, you know, just to give you that a little bit of colour. colour. OK, yeah. great. So do, don't yeah.
0: panic when they die. They will no, go away. No, they right. will yeah. OK, lovely stuff. We're going to take a quick break, uh, Peter. Uh, we have quite a few questions in. You can keep them coming to us on 87 941 940 if you're texting us. And of course, if you're calling, it's 818 Thank you're very, very welcome back. It's the Gardening Programme here on Midwest Radio on this Saturday morning and Peter Horkin is in studio with us. And Peter, uh, just before we do come to questions because you've brought such a wealth of stuff in today, we're spoilt for choice. We don't want to let the opportunity pass without talking a little bit about bulbs for a minute. Uh, you've brought in some uh, it looks like daffodil bulbs and tulip bulbs to me.
1: I have. Uh, I've brought in some um, narcissi daffodil you're right, uh, Tete Tete, it's, it's a dwarf variety and we've a red riding hood i was bought the uh, I the purpose of these two I brought them in is just for again for pots and containers, um, and indeed any small shrub shrub beds or these these are great for graves as well. Tete um, Tete, it's it's a multi-flower and it's a dwarf daffodil. Okay, it gets to about maybe twelve to fourteen inches. That's the the, the flower on it there. And, and
0: I, I'm gathering by the name of the of the of the daffodil that it's it produces quite a lot of heads. Oh is yeah, multi-head. Yeah, head, yeah. So head to head. Th- yeah,
1: there's up to about eight or nine flowers, maybe even more, twelve flowers on each head. So they're fantastic. Because they so you have a big,
0: big, huge amount of color then yeah. when that comes into yeah. flower.
1: And about two, eight to twelve inches in height, so they're ideal for pots or containers or for graves or for anything like that. I suppose the one thing about them, you you know, if you buy them, it's a great time of year to plant them now. Uh, really, you, you buy bulbs to get really, in to
0: get into the garden at this stage. It,
1: you 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 get them from the first of August up to you know maybe the mid mid November, and after that they're gone. And what happens is you people come into garden centres or anywhere and you buy them in January or February, you know, but you're paying huge money for a pot. You know, I've tet where there's three bulbs in a pot for maybe four euros. Whereas, you know,
0: if you get them in you, now,
1: you can buy 25 of these now, as you can see in this yeah. pack for maybe six euros. You know, so now is the time to plant them as much better value, an and
0: particularly when, as we said, the, the weather is as as clement as it is, uh, get them in and get them get them down as quickly as possible. Yeah. And then the red Riding Hood tulips, um, so similar.
1: Very the exact same, just in the tulip. You know, eight to 12 inches again. They're multi-headed as well. Loads of flowers on them. Lovely foliage on them too. You can just see the striped yeah. foliage, nice red tinge in it as well. So,
0: it, yeah, that's quite different actually because you don't see that maybe on the standard tulip as such. Um, and they're quite a big head for a small plant.
1: Oh, they are, yeah. Yeah, and they look lovely in containers. They, they're they're beautiful in spring. They're a splash of colour. Even in hanging baskets or window boxes or anything like that, they're they're great for. Okay. And indeed, you know, for ordinary daffodils, for snowdrops or bluebells, and you, you know I suppose if we're, we're in the garden centre ourselves in spring when those plants are out in flower that's when customers come into us and looking for these plants because they can see
0: plants. I suppose they can see them in so flower them at that stage but,
1: snowdrops, but you can't get them at that time of year it's too late so now is the time now is the time you know and even for, for large daftils, you know for naturalising daftals daftils like ice follies or barnet browning you know, there's a huge, huge selection at the moment and all different colours.
0: So I suppose really go go and do a little bit of investigation, call yeah, into the garden exactly. centre, see what's there and uh, get them into the ground so you'll have lots of colour for this coming year. OK, for, uh, Peter, we're going to have uh, a look at some of the questions because uh, lots of people have been sending them in. We're going to start with a question on pampas grass. Uh, pampas grass that's 10 years old. It's never flowered. A listener is wondering why this would be.
1: Um It just could be a fact that the plant, it could be in a very deep or a very rich soil and pampas grass could be just growing and growing and it could have a huge shrub, loads of foliage. And I'd say that's what the listener has. And it will come to a time where it'll just slow down and stop putting an energy or a focus into growing Mm -hmm. and then it it, it will flower. Um, is there
0: anything that we can add here to to bring is, that on?
1: There is. Uh, there's a few things they can do. Uh, the, if the listener, if they have never cut back the pampas grass, they should do that, and mm-hmm. they can do that in January or February. And I mean cutting it back, you can cut it right back to the base. Of course, in the old gardens are in the any of the estate gardens, pampas grass was always burnt, burnt to the ground. Mm It was the easiest way to do it. All right, okay. And then you just get the re-vigor of the younger shoots coming up and they tend, I suppose they tend to be better able to flower then as well. Potash is very good for it as well. Now, it is quite difficult if it is, so once you cut it back to the ground, give it a shake or buy a box of potash, and I'd literally put the box of potash onto it, and that will help it as well too. Okay,
0: so that'll slow down the the growth from the nitrogen it, 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 and, exa- and start bringing on the flowers.
1: Exactly, yeah, yeah. just puts more of a focus and more of an en- energy into flower buds and producing flower buds.
0: Great. Uh, now, a listener has a holly tree in an unhealthy condition. Roses are growing up through it and they're wondering, would the roses be taking all the nourishment from the tree? They're old climbing roses.
1: Yes, they would be taken, you know, and holly needs, um, it can be a, a difficult just to get it going, but once you get it started, it's very easy to grow it. So I think hampering it like that should be taken out or pulled out, Jan. Yeah, roses are very vigorous particularly climbing roses, if they're rosa or strong roses that will take a lot of nutrients from the soil and affect it. Okay. So. So. And then and then to keep it, look after it then and keep it, you know, a liquid feed a one feed or anything like that. Uh, roses or uh, hollies tend to do well too from an ericaceous feed. As I mentioned earlier on, you know, get something that doesn't contain. You can get these granular feeds and they're easy to apply. You just shake it around the base of the plant. That tends to be a once-off once, once off feed. Right. And then maybe with your one, then you can come on every three or four weeks and give them a feed of that as well.
0: Okay, boost it up and then it should just to boost it, 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 up, yeah. it should come good yeah. and, and remove the roses from, yeah, from it, the situation.
1: You know, if roses are going up through a holly tree, they're just strangling it too and they're, they're just taking from it. Okay,
0: great. Now, here's an interesting one. A listener picked cherry tomatoes from their tunnel and they'd like to know what is the best way to store them. Is it possible to store them by freezing?
1: Well, I, 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 we don't. We don't think it is. I don't think so. Yeah.
0: No. We think. Well, I suppose just from my own uh, bit of experience, uh, more in the kitchen rather than the garden, as people listening to this program will know. My experience in the garden is limited at best, but um, I think if you probably cook them and then freeze them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I suppose it's chutneys or stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. It's just making up. But no, you can't.
0: Not. Not just directly off off the plant. Um, okay. A listener has a camellia plant. It's outside in its own plastic pot Peter, and can they put it in a bigger pot and put it into the patio for the winter?
1: They can indeed, yeah. yeah. Okay. And that will, uh, as long as it's cool, you know, there's no radiator or anything like that. It's a cool patio. I presume if it's a patio inside they're talking about. Yes, I imagine it, so. Yeah, uh, there certainly wouldn't want to be any radiators or anything near it. Uh, and I, you know, even, it's probably better off if they leave it outside in a Okay, I area, suppose maybe that, yeah. You know, and that might be it on the patio. That's, that would be the best place for it. A very good time to to repot a camellia. Not to go for too big of a pot. You know, maybe a size or two up or maybe more of a decorative pot. But certainly don't go into a pot that's twice the size of the pot you're taking it out of. Okay, uh, There is a danger then that, you know, it can trap a bit too much water and the plant is taking up too much water. So it's a good thing. And anyone that's Doing or replanting, taking one pot from another, always go for the size up or the next, you know, two sizes up, but not too big. Okay. Or if you if you want a very big pot, you could always put it into a size into a plastic pot, a size or two up, and then submerge your your pot into the big pot. Then do it that way. Oh right, so a pot within a pot. A pot within a pot, yeah. Okay. But uh, and just with the camellia, just to make sure that you get the ericaceous, the lime-free compost, and again a little bit of feed as well, a little sprinkle of the root grow would be very good for two too as well. It'll okay. just settle it in very quickly and, and get the roots ticking that a little bit quicker for you.
0: Okay, so camellia pot, no problem at all, but uh, not to have it in too warm a, uh, warm a spot will be the main
1: thing. Yeah.
0: Great. Weeds coming up through flags. They replaced, this listener replaced lawn. How do they get rid of the weeds?
1: Simply by uh, spraying, spraying with weed-free, Roundup, any of those systemic weed killers. The Systemic, I mean, that it goes in through the leaf and down in through the root. And you get a kill. Um, a good idea then, um, there is a little product called Premazor that you can use, or you can mix, you can use it as a cocktail, you can mix it with your Roundup, mix the two of them together. And the purpose of the Premazor is it will, from any seedlings or any new weeds coming in, it'll keep it free and it won't let those germinate on your paving. Um, so
0: so so you're kind of preventing as well as getting rid of all in you the are. one go yeah. um and in terms there of i mean if if those flags are beside a lawn I suppose be careful where how you're using the roundup though too would
1: have yeah well the only thing with the worry that just spray or blow into it you know roundup the beauty about roundup is it only kills what it touches okay. so you know if you use a shield or somewhere like that and it's dry within a few hours so it's fine, so it's, fine. it's not going to leach in or do damage from the roots up into the lawn so it's fine that way Okay. just be careful that you're not using the likes of hydrol or any of those uh, weed killers that you know harm the soil as well so just just be careful but Roundup or weed free any of those are perfect
0: great now also on the lawn front a listener has set a new lawn about a month ago it's doing really well should they cut it this year?
1: yeah definitely yeah. yeah yeah,
0: yeah. I suppose because again the growth has been so significant that anybody who has been sowing a lawn yeah. um, it's with a
1: new lawn like that just set the mower at, at its highest level and start that way you know and with the way the weather is you will be giving it a second or a third cut as okay. well Okay,
0: so a little a little cliff on yeah. the top I would give than it
1: also in maybe two or three weeks time a new lawn like that just give it a light shake of autumn feed get it a little bit and just apply it nice you know and that you know it has a little, little bit of iron or a little bit of the little bit of Osmo in it, Osmo is very good and it just strengthens the lawn as well and you know it sets it up nicely then for the winter and you're right into it then for spring.
0: And what about somebody starting at, like this weekend supposing they wanted to plant a new lawn this weekend is is, is this an okay time no, of I, year yeah, still? Yeah, yeah. you yep. know
1: the, way the weather, uh, uh, traditionally September, October would be very good months and well recommended to sow lawns because you've no weeds been blown in or you've no seeds been blown in, they're all gone so, you know, you'll have a weed-free lawn next year if you sow a lawn okay. now. It's an ideal time and um, perfect weather conditions for it at the moment.
0: Great. Um, a listener is wondering, any suggestion for a tall evergreen plant for a large container against a high wall? Now, they'd rather not have a climber. Uh, this wall gets the sun in the summer from midday onwards. Thanks, John.
1: Um, there's a couple of, you know, the Pierce, the, the Forest Flame or the Pierce Red Mill, They'll get to a height of, you know, if it's a sheltered site, they get up to about eight or nine feet. They can be a little bit slow to grow, but they're well worth waiting for. Fantastic color in spring, flowers in uh, spring as well, mm-hmm. and evergreen foliage too right through the wintertime. The one we looked at earlier on to, the fotinia, the volcano, you know, or the, fo- or the Orby Photinia red robin. You mm-hmm. can get one of those in a specimen or a bigger plant and they would be perfect for something like that.
0: Okay, They're great. more
1: or less called, we class them as a wall shrub and you can just fit them in like that and put them in tight up against the wall. Uh, so it's not necessarily a climber, but you, we just call it a wall shrub. Right. And Some shrubs are very good at doing that and fotinia and pierce would be two very good ones for okay, that. Okay,
0: so they work well against the wall they don't cause any no, damage to the wall no, or anything no, like that. No,
1: because you will see Photinia, you know, shaped and growing up on fan trellis. You know, it's used an awful lot for that, for Pollarden, or all of this in even in Europe and places like that. Okay. It's you know, or even con- containers for uh, patios. You know, for topi, so you can prune fotenia. And The beauty about it, then, up against the wall, if you just decide it's too, you don't know, want to tighten it up or trim it back. Just be your own boss. So okay. I, I'd recommend Fotenia for that.
0: Excellent. Um, How uh, potatoes set in a tunnel for Christmas? The stalks are lovely and green, uh, and there's about a foot and a half high on them. Should they feed them?
1: Just I'd sprinkle a little bit of sulphur potash on them, and that's all I do. Okay, you know, great. Um, and uh,
0: and that'll that, that, that they'll continue on and be ready for, yep. for for Christmas dinner. Uh hydrangeas. A listener has hydrangeas who are which are 20 years old. They've been pruned 3 years ago. They flowered fine last year. Very few flowers this year, Peter. Some heads not formed, others formed but not flowering. They put 7-6-17 to the base in the spring and then they applied a tree uh one liquid fertilizer and a Nothing really has happened constructively. Can, can we advise on that?
1: Well, uh, what the hydrangeas are doing is they're they're uh, rejuvenating again, and they're producing new foliage and new shoots. And, and the listener has done everything right. Uh, what you've done so far is fine. And you'll always find that when you cut hydrangeas back hard, they may flower the following year. But there is a period then; and it may not hi- even happen next year, where they won't flower because mm. they're again. I suppose it's, it's the reverse of what we we're talking about earlier on. They're just putting the energy in to producing uh, growth at the moment because they have been cut back. So once that settles, and that it could be next year you'll have no flowers either, but after that then you'll be back to square one again and they'll flower. Maybe a little bit of sulfate potash in spring just to shake it. But I wouldn't worry about it, pruning them hard because sometimes hydrangeas can go on unsightly and, and very woody looking and you have to do that with them. Okay. And particularly after 20 years. But then you're, you're sacrificing really a year or two where you're going to have no flowers but they'll be be back again as good as ever
0: okay so you're you're doing all the right things Emery thanks very much for the question right we're going to take another quick little break Peter is with us for uh, a while longer it's just coming up on a quarter to (laughs) ten Now you're welcome back. It's the gardening program here on Midwest Radio. Uh, Peter Horkin is with us this morning. Peter, we mentioned about the skimmia there um, a little bit earlier and being suitable for graves. And I think we've uh, opened up quite a few questions in relation to suitable plants for graves. Um, can we just can we just give the name of that skimmia for the graves that we touched on again? There's a few queries.
1: Skimmia reversiana.
0: Reversiana.
1: Reversiana. Yeah. Okay. It's just a dwarf, uh, self-fertile, self-pollinating skimmia. Great. That's, that's the easiest way to describe it. Any, you know, you'll pick it up anywhere. It's
0: excellent. And you also have another uh, plant there, which you say is also quite a good one for. Grapes. I have
1: indeed. It's one called pernetia. Okay. Um,
0: it's, it's actually very beautiful. I'm just going to briefly describe it for people who maybe aren't familiar with it. It looks like it has little. Um, they're not flowers. They're kind of berry, white berry type things. They are. They're
1: like the you know the snow. They're like the little. Um, the, the squeeze them in the nice little centre. They they just squish out with little uh, moisture in them but there are loads of berries on them and they keep coming yeah. the, the birds do pick them but for some reason they just keep their multiple come right from the base uh, listeners are it's, it's a common enough plant but this time of year it's fantastic you know and it comes in the white buried varieties Red and pink.
0: Okay, so the variety of colours, because we're looking at the white one in the studio yeah, this morning, yeah, and I have to say it is laden down with it berries. Is, yeah. It looks fantastic.
1: And I suppose with the weather we've had, and the summer we've had, and the autumn we've had, you know, anything that has a berry is reaping the rewards for it at the moment. Everything is just ticking for it, and they're looking very they're well. They're
0: looking very, very well. So that also would be suitable if people were looking for something
1: interesting for greys. It, it is, and it just gives you a different option. It's white, it's a nice colour, you know, you get the other ones in pinks and reds as well. Great. Right. You know, it's just something. Different so, well, I suppose there is a lot of plants out there if you look for them for for of course, grass, so, yeah you know, okay so yeah, and they're I'll. very good for putting into a container. They don't require depth, you know, so they're for shallow spaces or you know, corners in the graves, you can do it, you can plant these for it.
0: And, and they're fairly self-maintaining, yeah. so you don't have to um, you don't have to worry about them too and just much. Just on and that too, mm-hmm. some
1: some of the, the heathers, the Erica, I know we talked about the Kloona varieties, but if you look for the Erica varieties, things like Merton Ruby or Kramer's Rage or Eva Gold or Fox Hollow, they're all varieties of heather and they're fantastic too for graves. You know, they start to flower now and with the weather at the moment... You will see them coming into flower and they stay in flower from now right up to March so you've nearly you know, you have five months of color as well. They're evergreen as well, and they they're they're excellent for that too as well. So there's loads of stuff out there. Great.
0: Now uh, there's just one other uh, shrub that we're going to touch on here uh, before we come back to questions, um, and this is this is
1: a it's a plant called Nandinia.
0: Nandinia. Yeah. So we have kind of green leaves, and then they some of them are they're a little bit variegated, are it, they? It, well,
1: there the, um, there is a there's a new variety called Obsessed. There is a variety called Domestica. and uh, the the beauty about Nandinia. Is, is for the autumn colour and they're a little bit slow coming this year because we're not just getting the, the cold weather but okay. the colder the weather gets These guys like it the, These guys and you can just see the red tinge coming on mm-hmm. it like this plant will turn just like a Virginia creeper you know the red ivy you'll see up on the wall it turns that dramatic so, And is, is,
0: the red, is the red that, that oh,
1: yeah, deep red? yeah, I mean that that just goes that just turns to red fantastic autumn colour uh, some listen, listeners will be familiar with the variety Nandinia. Others won't. Lovely plant for the lovely shrub for the garden.
0: And does it grow big?
1: It gets to about maybe three to four feet, so a nice size shrub. Will do well in a container as well, I suppose any plant to do well in a container, but it's a lovely plant to put into the garden, out into the open. Yeah,
0: looks lovely and it's to not, enjoy it. It's not, it's, not, it's not too big, it's not too anything, and yet it no, gives you that nice no. bit of vibrant colour yeah. as the weather no, gets colder No, it is colder.
1: deciduous then. What I mean by that, right. it loses all the foliage for the winter time, you know, which is a good thing if mm-hmm. it's in an open or an exposed garden, it's very good. But it'll hold that foliage, you know, w we get the very first hard frost, but you'll have fantastic autumn colour. Lovely red foliage on that. Excellent.
0: Okay. We're gonna come back to questions. Uh, cabbage seed, Peter. What is the when is the right time to set cabbage seed or how do you do it?
1: Well, you can sow it now. There's there's varieties out there at the moment, uh, that you can just put it in now and sow it now and you have it in spring.
0: Okay. And anything in particular that we need to do soil wise or anything just not really. Bang no, it in.
1: Just bang it in.
0: Yeah, okay, that's right. all. Um, plum trees, eight or nine of them growing about four years. They always bud, but there's no fruit.
1: Yeah, it's a difficulty with plums. Plums tend to stay and grow in the soil up to about maybe five or six years, even seven years, and then they'll then they focus on fruiting. I suppose they're putting a the hydrangeas earlier around the pampas grass. They put all their energy into growth first, and then they'll focus on fruit. Uh, I suppose in the, the old times, or old gardens, they used to always dig the hole first, maybe... Three or four times the size of the pot, and lay a slab on the base of the hole just to restrict the growth so it'll stop growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, that's something the listener didn't do. She may have very good soil, deep soil. So, that's all the plum is doing, it's just growing and focusing on growing. It'll come to a stage where it'll stop and then it'll produce fruit. Uh, to help it along the way, just a little bit of sulfur potash again, put it on now and put a little bit on again in spring. Okay. But it could be another year before you'll have no fruit. But eventually it will come.
0: Okay, even though, right, those are either four years, yeah, so, but hopefully yeah. not, not not too much longer not to wait. Not too much longer, no. Okay, lovely. Now, we had a question regarding trailing petunias, yeah. Um, a listener is wondering, is it possible to save the seed from trailing petunias?
1: Not really. It's, okay. It's just too difficult, you know. Okay. Um You can buy, obviously, you can buy the the packs of seeds from, you know, they'll be available in another yeah. three or four weeks but, but it's not really, not
0: really successful. Not
1: really, no. And then you're not getting the true variety as well that you're you're got before. You tend to get a mixed variety if you save your own seed. Oh, right. It just doesn't work that way.
0: Okay, great. Can we we talked about daffodils and tulips, obviously in the bulbs there. Can you sow them together? Somebody is wondering, or at the same time?
1: You can indeed. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the flower maybe flower at different times, which is a good thing. You know, a lot of people plant snowdrops, bluebells, and daffodils together. Right. And the idea of that is because you have the snowbells, there the snowdrops coming out first, then followed by the bluebells, then followed by the daftas. So you can program it and have colour nearly
0: throughout uh, for, for a good period uh, of time exactly. in the spring.
1: Yeah, yeah. And very simple and very easy. You know daftas and tulips, you know, they're probably the easiest of all. You know, they'll have their food source, everything is in them. Always as a rule of thumb, plant them twice the depth or plant them twice the size of the bulb into the ground.
0: Okay.
1: So, you know, if your bulb is maybe Oh six as in twi- twice
0: the depth of the bulb. Yeah, yeah. So you're just worse. putting
1: it down twelve inches so it's they're very simple, very Excellent. easy to grow.
0: Um, I, I we talked. No, we talked about hand ranches already, and I think probably that answered. Um, should a listener feed apple trees now with potash or wait till the spring?
1: I do a little bit now, put a bit on now, and I put a bit on again in the spring. You know, you could even put something like sea mungus or an organic base just to give it a top dress, mm-hmm. or even a farmyard manure, a light sprinkle of that just now, just for the winter time, and maybe leave your potash then till. February, but there's, there's no harm to put on a little bit of potash now and a little bit more on in February.
0: Excellent. Is it too late to set hardy laurel hedge?
1: No, it's ideal time for planting uh, hardy laurel hedge. That's uh, that's the prunus, the, it's the laurel, the common laurel, the common hardy laurel. laurel. Excellent time for planting it. I mean, soil temperatures are perfect. The hedge will just take off and uh, by doing it now it'll be well settled in. I suppose that's the key to planting shrubs or trees this time of year, I suppose they're well settled in. Mm-hmm. And once you hit the new growth season then, come February, March, they have that period of settling in done. So they're straight into growth. The difference is if you leave it till next February, they're nearly it's nearly the following spring you're waiting for the off. Okay. But indeed for any hedging, you know, any laurel. Uh, Eliagnus, any hedge now is the time to plant them.
0: Okay, so that the, you're maximising the, the the benefit and the sp- the whole period of time of growing in spring. Um, can a listener move a flowering cherry planted five years ago? It's close to a wall. They're wondering if the root, roots would be very deep.
1: Well, they won't be very deep, but uh, they'll have a job. You know, with with moving it, I'd only move it if they have to move it. Right. That'd be my advice to them. Uh, You're coming up to the time of year to do it, which would be about the end of November, is the ideal time to to lift it. Uh, They would need to get as much of the root as possible. You know, that means getting a little machine or doing a lot of digging around it. And they will find it difficult enough around the wall. But uh, they're surface rooting, so it's, you know, they need to take that in mind. They can do a little bit of damage up in walls or paving areas. So weigh up your options if you need to right. move it move it
0: if, if it has potential to cause damage further down the line probably move yeah, it I right. would, yeah, but yeah. if it's not yeah. it's Which better probably, to leave
1: you know five years it should, you should be okay you know you have an 80% take that it will work oh, for you
0: okay great and probably final question um, for you Peter um, a listener sowed perennials in August in the tunnel now they're fairly big at this stage they're wondering what should they do
1: with them now well the only thing the best thing to do with them is just to trim them you know if they're going out of flower and they're fading mm. off of it, just to trim them back and to give them uh, a top dress and then of a mulch or uh, you know a good organic compost farmyard or manure something like that and that's really it just leave them there till next year they'll do their own thing and they'll be flowering again next year
0: okay and then you can plant them out when when yeah. when, when when things come good next year um, That's all we have time for, sadly, this morning. Yeah, very quick, quick hour gone by already. Um, But of course, the guiding programme is back with us again next Saturday, uh, just after nine. We'll hang on to the questions. If we didn't get to anyone, we will uh, forward them on for next week. Uh, Peter, lovely chatting with you. And uh, sure, I'm sure we'll have an opportunity again sometime. Thank All right, take care. Thanks thanks very much indeed. Good morning to you. Uh, Stand by. Michael Neary, of course, is coming your way directly after the news at 10, uh, which is next with Angelina Nugent. I'm back. next Saturday all going well directly after 7 o'clock until then have yourselves a really good weekend from me for the moment a very good morning to you